When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it's Dave here and I'm with my wife, Kathy. Hello. We are sat at home on our couch. Uh, our son is nearly three weeks old. And he's, he's sitting on the other couch. <laughs> he looks like he's asleep, so we're going to try and attempt. He's making kind of stirring noises. A centimeter. Yes, so we're going to centimeter Blade Runner coming up to the release of the uh, much belated sequel, Blade Runner twenty. I want to say twenty forty nine is the new one. I do, I can't remember. As always, we haven't looked up anything <laughs> or done any research, but we've been busy looking after uh, Oscars. So exactly, things are, things are busy. And no, he's not called Oscar because of the Oscars, which lots of people thought. That's not yes. why we called him Oscar. We just like the name. Yeah. We're not that sad. We actually <laughs> don't like the Oscars. I have zero respect for the Oscars. Um, and thank you, by the way, to everyone who um, said congratulations and sent their well wishes. On, yes, on thank you. Everyone's so huge nice. Huge outpouring of, of, um, of congrats. Yes. So thank you. And we'll see how long this takes us to watch because it took us three days to watch one episode of Bake Off. So <laughs> yeah, we've got Every low time, hopes for watching this in one sitting. Oscar has this great knack of uh, uh, of going ballistic anytime you sort of sit down to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we haven't drunk a cup of tea in, in three weeks, <laughs> uh, but we're loving it. It's great being parents. It's but great so, fun. so this is going to be the first movie we we are going to watch as parents. Uh, yes. Kathy's never seen this before. No, and I'm a bit embarrassed I've never seen it. It's one of those movies that I should have seen and somehow didn't. Um, so I'm very pleased to rectify this. Yes, and I saw it when I was 15, which um, as of tomorrow will have been 18 years ago. That's depressing. Yes. Um, and I, d- you know, I, d- I didn't really take to it. Interesting. Maybe you're too young. Maybe you're too young. I don't think 15 is too young. I think I was the, the right age where I was well into my sci-fi. Um, I just thought it was boring. I thought oh. it was dull as all hell. Uh, I, it was one of those things where you, you know this uh, dull as all hell. Dull as all hell is what I said 18 <laughs> I think years hell, ago. Hell isn't dull. <laughs> hell is anything. <laughs> That's but dull. a good point. It's very, very interesting. <laughs> you're being burnt. Um, so I'm I'm quite interested to see how my uh, my older uh, self looks at this now. And I fancy me a bit of young Harrison Ford, so. I'm into that. Just um, if anyone's wondering, because there are apparently eight different versions of this. I just Wikipedia this. Um, As usual, your fountain of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are so many different versions of this. There was the uh, the director's cut, uh, and then there was the final cut in mm-hmm. 2007, which wasn't the director's cut. <laughs> or this one was the director's cut because the first one wasn't, or some nonsense. But we're watching the theatrical version. Yeah, uh, not out of any preference or choice, but just. Clearly, because that's the one that's free on Sky. Yeah. Uh, and we'd have to pay for the final cut. And, and I don't... Who gives a shit? I don't care for final cuts or director's cuts because they're always too long. This one's 113 minutes. 
And I'm looking at the synopsis and it looks great. And we'll we, talk about the main differences. Uh, yeah. I know a couple of differences um, um, afterwards. Please don't. Oh, and one more thing. We, <laughs> look, that look of horror on your We face. saw a trailer for the new one when we went to IMAX to see Dunkirk and it looked really cool. Yeah, it looks yeah. amazing. So we're gonna... Like uh, it's Denis Villeneuve who did Arrival <laughs> and Sicario. And uh, it, it's been, uh, I think it's Wally Pfister or the other guy, the director of cinematographer. Uh, who he works with and it just looks incredible it looks really good so we're going to attempt to go to the cinema to see it um, but for now this is the best we can do okay yes. <laughs> bye okay bye now I need your deck this is a bad one the worst yet there was an escape from the off world colonies two weeks ago six replicants three male three female they slaughtered 20 a Blade Runner's job is to hunt down replicants manufactured humans you can't tell from the real thing what's this Roy Batty Probably the leader. There was just one outfit making replicants that superhuman. The Terrell Corporation. Mr. Deckard, Dr. Eldon Terrell. I don't get it, Tyrell. Commerce is our goal here at Tyrell. More human than human is our motto. All right, we're back and uh, a, a day has passed, nearly a day. It's tomorrow. Yes. It's today. Well, it's today. It was yesterday. It's today's birthday. When you it's my birthday. Happy birthday. Yes, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, we tried to watch, well, we did watch Blade Runner successfully. It took about five hours, a lot of starting and stopping. <laughs> and then by the time it was over, we were just too tired to do, talk about it. Uh, so here we are. It's the next day. And we're out for a stroll with Oscar and our lovely upper baby pram. So it's our first time um, doing a cinema with a pram. This is very exciting. Yes, he is asleep. completely asleep. So he's not particularly interested in our podcast. Not interested in Blade Runner, in no. the least. He ignored the movie completely, and now he's ignoring us. So um, I guess there's a not a lot... We were just saying there's not a whole lot we can sort of say that hasn't been said already in the last 35 years about Blade Runner. Yeah, this I feel is... like um, people have probably done, like, you know, PhDs on this movie... And I feel a bit intimidated even reviewing it. And I'm also quite tired and we viewed it yesterday and I'm like a little bit dozy. Yeah, you've so got a terrible memory. <laughs> um, and also for regulars of this podcast, you know that we're not very uh, insightful or um, have done no research. So really, you're just going to get our sort of raw reactions uh, to this movie. And I'll say personally, I really loved it. Uh, I, I mean, I said yesterday that I hadn't seen it in 18 years and uh, I, wasn't, I was a bit cold on it. I saw it um, but it really really worked for me this time uh, it's just it's just the, the production design and the sets and it the, the way this movie looks is better than a lot of contemporary it looks incredible movies, I would say it holds up and I can see why um, well. I can see why as a 15 year old it didn't appeal to you that much because it's quite slow paced and like it's a grown up movie it's not a sci-fi it's not really an young. action sci-fi yeah. is it it's very much uh Harrison Ford in a hard-boiled, slow detective kind of thing. Um, but I just loved—I just loved it. It just felt like such a real world. Uh, and interestingly, uh, we watched Channel 4's *Electric Dreams* uh, the other day, the uh, the series of uh, short episodes based on Philip K. Dick's uh, short stories. And, the and first we watched one, one; it was bad. Like we both thought it was a bad. Yeah, episode. it was called *The Hood Maker*, and a lot of. Uh, a lot of parallels can be drawn here. That was, uh, well, there was no androids in that, but it was a, a very much like a hunted subsector of humanity in a dystopian future. Um, 
and it but was dull it, like it, an hour passed very slowly in that episode it was dull but you know what it just didn't look it that did look quite good and it was clearly a lot of money had been spent on it but Blade Runner just like is so confident in the way it looks uh, this the world is is just so um, lived in like yeah. there's a there's a there's a moment where Harrison Ford is uh, on a video set a video uh, payphone talking to her and there's just gra- Chinese graffiti all over it like I feel like the the detail in this movie is just incredible and the nothing, HD was fabulous oh too. it looked amazing yeah. and nothing looked like a set ever yeah oh now we're walking through some leaves we're getting some nice rustling yeah it's very noisy we're by, yeah. a, by a very busy road here so Cathy I mean what is your first time seeing it what's it uh so I, I went into it knowing that it's a beloved sci-fi classic and like sci-fi is one of my favourite genres and as I said I'm like a bit embarrassed I've never seen it to be honest um, I don't know how I've not seen it so I was expecting that it's overblown overhyped and I wouldn't be into it actually the complete opposite I loved it I really loved the pace of it it was a nice slow pace I thought the opening scene was a real cracker when there was that interrogation also we're doing spoilers for this movie by the way um, yeah it's if you haven't seen Blade old. Runner yet Go watch it. Go watch it. Um, yeah, I just love. I loved it from the opening scene. I mean, I love Harrison Ford anyway. His particular kind of grumpy nonchalance really works in this role. Um, I thought, as you said, visually it was beautiful. I just really enjoyed the whole world building, and I think it just it really stands up there as just fantastic sci-fi. Particularly, it's just really interesting that we just watched that Channel Four adaptation because, I mean, if that's the best they can do with it with this source material look how fabulous this is and um, yeah I really enjoyed it and it was really funny because we watched the original theatrical one as we said so by the end the ending was like the voiceover we were watching was quite funny like we were laughing at the voiceover a lot yeah so this is one of the famous things that got cut Um, I think uh, against Ridley Scott's wishes and correct me if I'm wrong here guys because I don't know a whole lot about the history here but uh, he didn't like the voiceover. The voiceover was added by the studio uh, to provide exposition because the studio felt that the audience wouldn't quite get it. So it's quite clunky. But to be fair, because it's kind of like a 1940s like film noir kind of feel to it, and he's like the hard-boiled kind of equivalent of a grisly detective, it wasn't, it wasn't wildly out of place. It was no, just unnecessary. I agree that the idea of a, of a, a voiceover and narrate it fits perfectly with that detective thing but it didn't work here at all because the way it was written was bad felt like an afterthought and it was explaining things that the audience should just deduce for themselves it was practically Harrison Ford being like I'm sitting here eating a sandwich and contemplating my case the particularly bad one was the uh, because in the beginning it's it's kind of uh, acceptable because he's filling in a little bit of the world like one time I found it useful was when Edward James Olmos is speaking uh, that hybrid street-level Spanish-German uh, language. And, like, I didn't get any of that. I wouldn't have known of any of that if it hadn't just been explained to me. Yeah, so in that um, sense... And also because we were getting distracted by a baby, it was kind of helpful as a recap. Now, you're not watching a movie looking for a recap in the middle of the movie, no. generally. But but by the end, I thought a particularly egregious one uh, was when uh, Roy Rutger Hauer's character dies and then this sort of be- he does this really amazing monologue you know tears in the rain oh so and beautiful and really I didn't well know written. that line Dave knew it obviously but I didn't and I just find it so moving and I remember that quite well from the first time I watched it and you know then it's it's sort of him he, he, dying like face down kneeling looking down Harrison Ford sort of 
And he's rescued him, which there, is really beautiful. It's, it's just a great ending. And then Harrison Ford's voice comes in out of nowhere. In his dying wishes, Roy had... Uh, blah, it's like, oh, whatever. It and was. you could tell they were oh. looping the clip of Roy because obviously they hadn't shot long enough because obviously they added in the VO afterwards. So it was just this weird kind of almost still image of Roy and Harrison Ford. Terrible. Yeah. And also the other thing which... Because I, I, as a... 18 years ago when I'd seen it, I'd seen the... Uh, I think I must have seen the... the well, I guess it wasn't the final cut. It must have been the director's cut or something. But it didn't have that terrible, cheesy ending of him driving off into the sunset with uh, with Rachel. See, I, li- I enjoyed that because I enjoyed their relationship. And I thought it was really interesting the way she hadn't known she was an android. He reveals to her she's an android. Then I was saying, well, blatantly, he's an android, which turns out... Having well, now there, looked, read reviews of it, I see a lot of people think that. There's a lot of theories about that. Yeah, I think that. he's an android. Ridley Scott himself believes it. Other and then people. it was just interesting because he was saying, you know, Rachel's the exception. She's going to live a long time and, like, they're in love. And I always love, I do love a romantic ending. So I, a part of me enjoyed the fact that they ended up together and I was happy about it. But another part of me was like, this does not fit the movie at all. But it was kind of interesting in a way because most dystopian sci-fi movies don't end well. So it's interesting that was the ending, although I read since obviously that was not the ending Ridley Scott wanted and he he has a different one yeah. in his final cut. So I enjoyed it. What I also enjoyed was it was a very young Daryl Hannah who hadn't been in much before this. And she gives one of the worst performances I've ever seen in a movie. Like I would compare her to Jared <laughs> oh, Leto in that um, Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's a like, little it bit the Joker. deliberately over the top quirky. Isn't it was it? weird, and like having watched that, watching it last night, and how bad she was, I was thinking if if I had seen this movie when it was originally released, and you asked me who's going to become you know the big female star of the next decade, I would have said the the love interest character Sean Young yeah yeah. She, I would not have said that weird ass clown character she's excellent <laughs> weird ass clown character yeah Sean Young she's, she's excellent brilliant in this. Uh, and she's, she's so 40s standout. with her like I love the cut of her clothes and how she was really composed and held herself and it was really moving when she realised that she was an android and that her memories were false and that the photo of her mother wasn't her mother at all I thought that was really beautiful and then yeah. we have to talk about the the main Android. He's so, so yeah, enjoyable. Roy, played by Rooker Howard. I thought, well, it's interesting. You're saying that the sort of uh, Daryl Hannah's weird, bonkers, uh, mad, quirky approach didn't work for you. Because I thought he starts to do a similar thing as his body and mind starts to yeah, degrade. Yeah, he did. And I He's thought a he actor, really though. pulled it off. Yeah. There's almost like elements of... Uh, of uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining as he, yeah. he literally and he does literally like ram his head through a wall and uh, it's I mean, kind the end of playful was bonkers and when they were fighting but it's really enjoyable it was really enjoyable and I love that he had that white white hair which as I was watching it I was thinking this is like a real classic 80s 90s thing right you would have villains with really white hair like I was thinking Dolph Lundgren in Rocky yeah. I was thinking well, um, Wesley it's, Snipes it's, in um Demolition, Demolition Man. Man and I was thinking someone in one of the diehards is like white hair don't they a baddie um, the kind of Germanic accent you're, th- you're probably thinking of uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance oh with, maybe uh, what's his name Jeremy Irons but it just seems like a real fun thing that they used to do to baddies and this guy fully embraced it visually I thought he looked great as well and I really liked at the end that he saved Harrison Ford that was very unexpected to me yeah, uh, which was a lovely moment until Harrison Ford's voice came in and explained to us, in those dying moments, Roy had found a newfound respect for life. 
Um, but yeah, oh, we're at a very noisy part of the road now. But as we said, we feel like we probably don't have that much to add. I mean, this is a very heavily reviewed movie. People have written a lot about it. There's been seven different versions of it that people have written about. I'm glad we saw the theatrical one because I like to see what was originally released. Yeah. Now, I'd love to see the the other ending, but I'm not going to pay... A few years from now, I think. Yeah, we'll do that. I'm not going to buy it a month. Anyway, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the new one now because... Uh, well, uh, uh, great director on board, as we said. Um, Correction on what I said earlier, it was it's not Wally Pfister is the cinematographer, it's um, Roger Deakins, who is an, another amazing cinematographer. And it, this film from the trailers looks amazing. I can't wait to I know, to see I it. hope it's good. And, well, A, I hope we get to go and see it in the cinema, and B, I hope it's good. But I think, yeah, it looks fantastic. And what do you think about Harrison Ford in this movie? I think he just, he fit the role perfectly. Obviously, he was, like, top choice after Star Wars. He just is Harrison Ford, but that's fine. That works. Uh, are you asking me yeah, what, what I thought of him? of him in this movie? Yeah. Oh, in Blade Runner. I thought yeah. he was amazing. And well, I thought he was great. He's just like, Harrison Ford is just effortless, isn't he? Yeah. He's just like, he's just, I believed him as this beaten down ex-cop. He's just, he's just excellent. And then the main, the other thing I was thinking as we were watching this over a long period of time was, what is Ridley Scott doing faffing around with this kind of generic new alien movie that we watched a couple of months ago which like we enjoyed but you know it, it's meaningless what's he doing that for when he could be doing the new Blade Runner well he's involved with the new Blade Runner he's been bringing this to fruition since 1999 I think this this has been there's been some form of this sequel going around it's just I find it interesting that the alien is the movie he chose he chose to direct this year well they're both kind of his babies it's I mean it's but aliens had so many iterations this hasn't well other than seven iterations of the original movie what's interesting is that he's in his 80s and he's like revisiting all his sort of earlier uh, career highs which is I think that's I mean I think it's probably going to be good for the movie to have a fresh take what I like really stood out to me in this movie is just what a like masterful direction it was like, it's a fantastically directed and beautiful movie. So I'm really curious to see the sequel. And obviously I'm a big Ryan Gosling fan, so I'm into it. But that's what Ridley Scott is best at. When you give him some good source material, he can just... He creates worlds. Yeah. And he brings visions to life. And he, he's just a master at that. When you, when you sort of leave the script a bit loose, like what happened with Prometheus, then that's not Ridley's forte and the whole thing falls over, I think. Because Prometheus still looked beautiful and I thought it was... A, it was dull as dishwater. But it was just. I mess. love that you just called him Ridley. Are you on first name basis with him? Yeah, me and Rids. <laughs> me and old, the old Ridmeister go way back. And also, we did see that um, Robin Wright is in the new movie, and we love her. So, yes. So, yeah. Um, one thing I did uh, decide to, to do last night was uh, I noticed this movie was set in 2019, which is obviously only two years from now. So I thought it'd be interesting to look at how much of the future that they predicted correctly. And actually, do you know what we were saying as. Um, as future goes it looked realistic like for once it wasn't a future that looked like the 80s <laughs> whereas most of yeah. movies when they set or early 90s things when they set them in the future they just look like a really heightened version of their own fashion but they actually pared it down a bit yeah so it's got cool. the, well this was the, the this was one of the first sort of steampunk uh, looks I think that sort of reinvented that look. Um, so the things they got right were voice control yeah, that's everywhere now. So we, you know, you got Harrison Ford saying "enhance" a lot on photographs. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure when he's enhancing into that photograph, he seems to move around the angle a bit, which 
doesn't actually it didn't make, make sense. sense. It was the, like the sci-fi equivalent of what we have now with Alexa. When we tell her to turn up the music and she turns it way down. Except his on. was flawless. Which instead of like, I, I wish they'd thrown in a few moments where, where the computer was like, uh, please say that again. Or what are you saying? Yeah, like or, this morning, Alexa, now playing I told Alexa stuff. to turn down the music and she turned it up to full blast. So yeah, I nearly that's woke not up, right. Sun up. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of brands in here, a lot of advertising in, in full screen and like massive giant billboards of motion, which do exist now very much so. Uh, but the brands were a bit of a, a fail. They were big brands in the 80s, which they had assumed would still be big now. Well, they had Coca-Cola. As, well, Coke, Coke are still around, but Atari and TDK were the, uh, the two big electronics advertisers in, in Blade Runners 2019. Neither of which you'd see much advertisements for these days. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what they got right. Uh, what they got wrong, nobody has mobiles. No. Very simple one. Um, people are still using payphones, yeah. albeit video payphones. Yeah, but it's also post-apocalyptic, so to be fair... It's, it's not post-apocalyptic. Isn't it? No, oh, no just had that vibe. All right. Well, it, sorry, no, it's dystopian. Just... <laughs> sorry, I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> so it's dystopian version of the future, and there's two years to go, so maybe in two years none of us will have mobiles. Sure. So you're implying that in the Blade Runner future they had mobiles and then two years before the movie just chucked them all away? Is that well, what something happened? bad happened to them and I, I don't went know back what. to video phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Um, another thing I got wrong. Ooh, quick cross the road. There's no smoking ban. Everyone's smoking indoors. Yeah. All the time. Um, a lot. Well, buildings all seem to be pyramids for some reason. Yeah, the buildings are beautiful. Yeah, very cool, but yeah. like a bit, a bit of a strange architectural uh, uh, bent on that. Uh, people still use Polaroids. I guess they're kind people of still, still around. People still use um, hipsters use Polaroids yeah. and people at weddings. But you don't insert a Polaroid into a computer and say enhance. <laughs> no. Um, and flying cars. Yeah, I mean, I Hasn't think happened. give yeah, us two years. Give us two years and we'll have flying yeah, cars. Yeah, could still get there. Could still get yeah. there. Um, okay, so that's it. Again, as we said, we didn't have much to add, but we've enjoyed doing our first post-baby cinemeter. Yeah, it was great. And um, he's been very quiet. He's the perfect podcast guest. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Oscar, thank you for joining us <laughs> on your first Cinemile. Um, we are actually walking for once. This isn't really a Cinemeter. Yeah. It's usually that's us sitting on the couch. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, if you uh, want to hear more from us, go to our Twitter or our Facebook or our Instagram. We're at the Cinemile, or you can email us. We're at the Cinemile at gmail.com. Cathy, uh, any last. Yes, works. you can also, if you haven't already done so, it's the perfect time to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. And if you want to leave us a review, you have to search for the podcast and leave a review that way. You can't do it under your current subscriptions, which is a bit weird. Um, okay, that's it. And now we we're going to lunch for Dave's birthday. And yes. And baby doesn't wake up. Happy birthday to me. Okay, bye. Bye. All those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain time to die
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.